what's up bitches as always thank you for listening to the podcast it's your host leah sour today we have a very special guest from the show the circle season four we have john franklin who played his mother aka mama carol he was one of the catfishes on his season and john is here to give us some behind the scenes tea about the show answer some of our questions that we have and then we're just going to learn a little bit about him and what he's been doing after the show so john give us an explanation as to what the show is about so uh i am john yeah i portrayed my mom on season four of the circle um for those of you that don't know what the show really is uh it's like a social media game so basically what i do is go in as either myself or a catfish i was a catfish and your job is to become the most popular player of the game. Uh, I ended up choosing to be my mom. A very New Jersey move of me. Just very tight with my family. And uh, that was where how that ended up becoming a thing. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the backup. That's the story. And you stayed until like fifth episode. Spoiler alert. If people didn't watch season four, you were in it pretty long. So you were there long enough that you can give us an inside scoop and like the full behind the scenes. Yeah, I can tell you a lot of the everything like i went through pretty much every experience you're gonna have filming that show without like getting all the way to the end i can't wait to get into that before we do i wanted to start off with like a couple rapid fire questions being that you were born and raised on the east coast and i'm there now i just have a couple of things i want to hear your opinion like this or that let's do it okay so for breakfast are you picking a roll or a bagel oh a bagel a hundred times out of one hundred and everything do you call ba- it? I was going to say, no, an go ahead. And everything bagel is a transcendent experience, whether I call them therapy bagels. Like if you're going to have like a post hang, like you're hungover, you need a bagel. If you just need a quick breakfast, you need a bagel and everything bagel always gets the job done. I couldn't agree more. And same with the seasoning. Like I know that that was kind of a phase where everyone loved the Trader Joe's everything bagel seasoning, but it's still yeah. a bagel in my house. Oh yeah. I love it. I use it all the time. So do you call it Taylor ham or pork roll? Taylor ham. I'm a North Jersey guy. Always Taylor ham. Pork roll is a South Jersey thing. I will never argue that it's one or the other because I know I'm never going to convince anybody of the opposite, but it all, all, the only thing that matters is like it's New Jersey people. So we have it and a lot of places everywhere else pretty much don't. So at least we get to experience the greatest breakfast meat of all time. That's so solid. I love that claim. Um, are you a Starbucks or a Dunkin' kind of guy? Ooh, uh, Dunkin', usually Starbucks, only when peppermint mocha season is around. Oh, I like that. So that's your go-to, like that's your latte. Yeah, it's my favorite. Like, I usually drink black coffee, and I just like Dunkin's black coffee. But, like, if I have to go somewhere else, like, I I go for a latte. It's a Starbucks peppermint mocha in the winter. I can agree with that because I feel like Dunkin's where you go for straight coffee and Starbucks is where you go if you want, like, a sugary latte. So right there with you. Yeah, more donut coffee. Like a Dunkin' is just like you get a plain coffee and an old fashioned donut. Like that's like my life. I'm good. Same. And I like the donut holes too. Like I'm, I'll never turn down a Munchkin. Yeah, Munchkins are fantastic. Like they bring me back to like being a child. Like I, I love Munchkins. What do you get? Like chocolate Munchkin, or do you get the filled? The chocolate glazed, just plain chocolate glazed Munchkin is like the best bar none Munchkin. Like if you think anything else is the best Munchkin, like you're out of your mind. That's the best one. I completely agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, so lastly, tournament or tournament? How do you say the word? Oh, how do I say it? Tournament? 
I think tournament is what I say. I think so. Yeah. Every person from Jersey I've ever met, they always pronounce like the O-U-R, like so much so that when I first got here, I'm from Ohio and I was like, are we saying it wrong? Because we just say tournament. So that's my last question. I didn't even like realize that was a thing. So I, now it's been brought to my attention. I'm going to be thinking about it every time I say it ever. Like with the You're basketball, like the college basketball tournament, March Madness is coming up. I just did it again. Like I'm going to be like thinking about every time I say tournament in that. Ew. So let's get into the show. I want to know if you watched any prior seasons before you actually got casted for the circle. Oh, yeah. I was, like, a fan of the show before I went on the show. Uh, I loved, like, season one. Uh, season two, I, so I watched seasons one and two all the way through. Season three came out, I want to say it was, like, right around the time we went to film the show. So I'd never, I've never watched season three, but I've watched season four and season five. So it was, like, just sort of a uh, – it, it, it worked out, but it was so funny that, like, that was the one I missed. But, yeah, I've, I've watched – I think every episode of the show that's ever existed besides season three. Did having that experience watching the show, being a fan, is that what prompted you to want to be a catfish and know that if you went in as yourself, like the marketing role that people would be sus? Yeah. I, well, what happened with me was that uh, I want, I, when I was auditioning, I auditioned to be myself and I was pretty much like gearing up to go to the show being myself and watch having gone and, like seen as many episodes of the show that I had seen, like my strategy was just to be me and I was doing really well through the casting process. And then they kind of just threw it out on the table and were like, if you're going to be on the show, we actually need you to be a catfish. So that's how like becoming my mom, like became a thing because they were like, Oh, like actually you can't play yourself. Like we need you to do, we need you to be a catfish. And I was like, oh, I'll be my mom. Like I just sort of said it like that. Didn't think anything of it, but they were just like, yeah, okay. We like that. Let's roll with that. And uh, it had nothing to do with like, my strategy from watching the show, like my strategy was always the same. I kind of ended up using the exact same strategy, even though I was playing somebody else was just like, be honest was essentially my thing. And uh, yeah, it had nothing to do with any of the prior seasons because if it did, I would have probably gone on as myself and just like done exactly what you would have expected me to do being me, like not having to be somebody else. That's so interesting to hear because I can, I can tell you right now, I've thought I've like a lot of questions have gone through my mind, but never once has it occurred to me that like production was the one saying, yeah, be yourself or yeah, you should be a catfish. So that's like kind of like my mind is blown at that. Yeah. See, I like the thing is, I don't know if that was everybody's experience from being a catfish. Like I'm sure that there are people that came on pitching to be a catfish. I just wasn't one of those people. I think they just liked me and they were like, we'll, we'll get them on the show, but we don't know if it's going to be, um, you know, as a catfish or as a, like a regular, just playing yourself type of situation. And they didn't prepare me for that whatsoever. Like they were just like, keep auditioning you as you're playing yourself. And like, they threw that monkey wrench in about like two or three auditions in out of like a six or seven audition process. So like when I got to like that third or fourth audition, I knew I was playing my mom, but up until then I thought I was playing myself. It's also surprising to hear that it's such a long audition process. I would literally picture them watching your video being like, yes, let's go with John, then bringing you in. And then that's it. You know, like I had no idea that you have to go through so many steps. Well, I think that comes from the fact that like, it's not like the typical reality show where like you're in a house or you're in a setting with like a bunch of people, you're in a room by yourself. 
like the whole time. And the, the only interaction you have is over like the chats. So they're basically just making sure that you're entertaining on your own. So like the video is helpful because like that gets you through the first step. Then it's like the, the rest of the audition process is just making sure like, you know, like you're not a crazy person. Like you have to go through like a pretty extensive like psychology test because you're like, they, they have to make sure you, you're capable of being in a room by yourself for that amount of time. Um, they want to make sure that you're uh, in general healthy, like just physically healthy because like, you know, it's kind of a unique situation. Like getting any medical attention while you're there isn't like immediate, immediate, but like they, they have a great wellness team and a great, um, uh, like just the people involved in making sure that the players are good are fantastic. Like so wonderful, um, very professional, but it's just like you're in seclusion. So it's not like you could get a doctor at the drop of a hat. And then, um, like the last thing is just like people, I think people throughout the audition process are easily exposed. Like you could take 80 takes to make a really good audition tape. Uh, and like that could affect everything for me. Like my audition tape was just like a one, one shot, like one continuous shot of me talking because I was like, this is the only way I'm not going to like edit a full fledged video, make it an over the top thing. I want to just show who I am. And then like when they started like auditioning you, a lot of it's like a job interview and they just want to make sure you're a normal person for the most part. And then can you like take it to the next level and play the game and be entertaining? So like that last audition before you get asked to do the show, like you pretend to play the game. So like they put like a mm. Prezi sort of thing in front of you and you have to like, you know, send messages and be like circle message, like do the whole thing. Uh, and then at which, and that's just like, six of the producers of the show watch you do that. And then that's the, that's how they pick. That's how you end up being on the show. Oh my God. That's so tea. I literally would never have pictured that it's all of that steps. I wouldn't have pictured that they have such a, you know, like such a good screening process, but it makes sense now that you're saying it. Like yeah. you're literally alone. So you have to be like a one man show essentially to collaborate with everyone else. Yeah. And like, the thing is when you're like, when you're there, you feel like you're the star of your own movie. Cause like you're in a room with like 12 cameras and nobody else is there and you don't know what's going on in anybody else's room. You just know what's going on in your room. So when like it's happening in real time, you think everything is going to make it into this show, Like you think everything is going to make it in. I would say like maybe one twelfth of like the time that I spent in the show is actually on camera. And I like, can confirm that everybody felt the same way when they watched it back because there's just so much time in those rooms. Like you wake up early and you go to bed late. You don't know what time it is because they don't allow clocks or anything in the room. Uh, you don't know what day it is. Like they won't tell you like, unless you keep like tallies, like it's, you know, in your notebook or something. But uh, you're just like, <laughs> you become like so enthralled in like what the game is that you just, you start to realize like, they're making a TV show. And there was like a time when I was filming that one, like the, my producer, you have two producers during the course of the day. There's a daytime and a nighttime producer. And they just, they're the ones like being like, Hey, something might come up on the screen. And then an alert happens like, Hey, can we get you to do this? So it looks like you're doing this for some B roll and things like that. And I remember like one day, my daytime producer who his name is Joe Bass. Great dude. Uh, my nighttime producer was Harry. They're both amazing. Um, but Joe in the morning was saying that like, 
you know, one thing that you have to do when you're on this show, he's like, you just have to be doing something. Cause like you, if you're not doing anything, like even if you're just making a cup of tea, like there's a 40% chance like that shot of you making tea ends up being B-roll. Like if you're just sitting in your apartment doing shit, like, like doing literally nothing, like you're not going to be in the episode and they're very mindful of that. They're, like their job as producers is good television. Like they, they care about you. Like they want you to be in good well-being, but they're also like, I kind of need you to do some stuff because like, you're like, you know, like you're the lion in the cage right now at the zoo. Like either you're going to get up, walk around and we're going to be like, this is great. Or you're going to sit there and nap and we're going to move on and try to see something else. That brings me to a couple of questions that I had for later on as you're saying that. So first of all, everybody wants to know, are producers able to come in that apartment with you or do you have an earpiece? Like what's the communication method going on? Yeah, that it's called your vo- your voice of God is what they call it, the VOG. So there's just a speaker uh, that pumps in your producer's audio to your apartment, like while you're in it. So they're on a microphone and your microphone that's around your neck, you wear 24 seven, unless you're taking a shower or you're going to sleep. So like when you take, like when you, that microphone is not only the recorded audio for the actual show, but like it's the stuff, it's like wh- how the producer can hear you as well. Um, Cause they don't record like ambient audio. And then they, uh, they can come into the room. My, like your direct producers won't like my Joe, Harry, those guys won't come into the room because they don't want to build like that relationship right off the bat. Um, then like after a while of being there, you, you get like these like air breaks where you can get fresh air and then you can meet, like you'll meet like floor producers and like showrunners and um, you know, like the Joe and Harry, I ended up meeting then actually Joe, I didn't meet until the finale. That's not true. Harry, I met during a fresh air period and like it was, it's just weird because like this person's been a voice and you like picture what they might look like and you have no idea. And like, I remember when I met Joe, my other producer at the finale, he was like six foot four. And I was like, Oh my God, you are massive. I didn't even like, you don't even put two and two together. And like the, they have like two um, associate producers there with them whose job is it. Their job is to like, like type while you're talking to the circle because, like, they write your messages in, in real time. And they were both super nice. Lauren and Lauren and Emma. Lauren and Emma, I think. And, like, I, again, had a picture of what they could have looked like just based on their voice. Nothing like it. Like, you just don't see people for a really long time. So, you know, that brings me to my next question. Like, actually, hold on. Let me take a break because that was a lot. I'm just going to look at my notes really quick because I'm absorbing all of that. I, that brings me to a lot of questions. Like, so you guys got fresh air breaks, which I was wondering, where yeah. is it? Is it just on your balcony or is it no. like on the roof? Like, where do you go? Yeah, we can't access the balcony. So like th- that are adjacent to our rooms. So there are two like fresh air spaces on each floor, which is just like another apartment that's empty. And like, you can go out on that balcony and just like stand there for like five minutes. And then the upstairs is a fresh air space, like the hot tub and everything. But like I never, I never went into the hot tub. I only used the upstairs as like fresh air. Like sometimes you get to talk to like the welfare team, like the wellness team, welfare team, whatever you might call it, 
like they'll do like the six of them just sitting upstairs with you. Um, but yeah, those are like the two possibilities. There's not, not really much else. So it's interesting that they don't show that because, you know, in the show, like it, it, it really makes it seem like you guys are so stuck in the apartment. And when you talked about the fact that you can never know really what time it is or what day, unless you're literally like castaway keeping tallies in your notebook, um, at least they give you guys that because I feel like your mental health could like deteriorate without going outside at all. Yeah. Yeah, their first priority for sure, like especially from the welfare welfare perspective, is your mental health. Like they are very on top of it. Like there's a show psychologist, her name is Marcy. She's there every day. Like she'll come in, like if you're having a tough day, she will come in and talk to you. Like they're like that is always on the table. Like they tell you, like, use us as resources. Like just because you're filming this doesn't mean you can't like say, Hey, I need to go I, I need to talk to somebody. I need to do this, I need to do that. Um, but I, like, I think the reason why, like, they don't show a lot of that stuff is just because, like, the audience doesn't want to be taken out of what the false reality of the show is. Like, if you saw us getting to take a break from the game, like, it's just not good television. Like, you want to totally. see us, like, being in the game at all times. Like, that's True. the, that's the part that's, like, it's a double-edged sword, obviously, because, like, you get really wrapped up in what's going on. For me, like, I never had any, like, a mental health breakdown. I never, like like got to my wits end. I, the only thing I started to struggle with was like, they're only allowed to call me Carol, like over the speaker and stuff. Like I'm not John while I'm there because like just in the off chance, one of the other producers is talking while the other producer is talking and somebody in a room hears you say like John and like, they're like, there's no John on this show. So like, who is John? Like they could start, like they, they can only call me Carol. So like for like two weeks of my life, people were just calling me Carol. And like, that's like, it's fine. Like, it's not like, I wasn't like upset by it. It's just like mentally, like you just, for two weeks in, in my life, for two weeks, forever, people just didn't even call me my name. Like, like for that's two weeks, so your name odd. just changes. So like, it, it, like, that's like a mental, like that's definitely a mental block, but I never had that situation where I was like, I feel lonely. I'm tired. I'm done with this. Like, I loved it. Like it's it, when you think about the perspective of like the whole situation was a month. And it's pretty much like led to like the craziest time of my life that like I wouldn't trade for anything. Like the month was worth it. Like it, there's never been a time, like obviously I didn't win. Like spoiler alert, if you, if nobody has seen it, like you already mentioned, I only make it to episode five or whatever. Um, actually, I think I make it to like episode eight. I forget. I, I definitely, maybe I definitely you did. Made- and if you did, I'm so sorry about that because that's, that's like a that's big okay. difference. That's a, that's okay. I made it like, I was like in the second to last elimination, but that, that's like all I can remember. Um, but what I was going to say was, uh, when you're there that long and you're, you're kind of like trying to keep yourself about it. Uh, when I left to do the show, I had a collective following of like, I don't know, uh, 3000 people across Instagram and TikTok. And now I just, I have like 175,000 followers across two platforms is like insane. Like not something I'd ever thought I'd get to say or do, or like, I never thought that was going to be a part of my life. So I did like a month in England, two weeks of it, of it filming just to like, for what's been the betterment of the rest of my life and my career. And, you know, like people are always like, oh, but you didn't win. So like, was it even worth it? Like for the money? And it's like, no, but like, you know, when you're going there, obviously I want to go and win. I didn't go there thinking like, I want to get out early. Like you want to win. 
but you're one of 10 people that are going to enter that game. There's that's a one your one in 10 chance, a 10% chance that you're going to win 150 grand. So you might as well look at it as a valuable life experience. And then if you win the money, like Frank did, like that's just the cherry on top. Like, you know what I mean? And I think we're the, like, I can confidently say we are a very tight knit season and we've gotten made fun of by other cast members a little bit, a lot for being like, we're a family, but we are really that close. Like amongst our season forecast, I don't know if it's been like, I don't know if it's because like other casts expected like different things of their lives or something, but like, we just, all of us had a really good head on our shoulders about that stuff. What do you think about, first of all, it's nice hearing that. And you can tell watching your season, by the way, like your season had so many people that were genuinely connecting with each other. And that was a really nice element of the show. Oh, totally. I do. I did see that Rachel commented on one of your TikToks and I wanted to ask you because I mean, kind of what the fuck she was like that her, her experience was like a little bit more negative. Like she said that, you know, producers. This is Rachel from my season, right? Not Rachel Ward from season three. Cause both of them had awful experiences, but Rachel, Rachel from my season, you were probably, um, probably curly right. hair. Curly yes. hair. Yes. yes. Rachel from my season. Beautiful. Okay. Perfect. Yes. That's who I'm referring to. So okay. she was made to cry and told like, she's not going to be in it unless she talks more. Uh, like, what what do you know about that? And like, how is there such a vast difference in experiences? Yeah, I uh, fantastic question. I don't really know. Um, I can't speak specifically to Rachel's experience in her room because just like you don't want to talk about something you're not entirely sure of what went down totally. there. Like, I just know a little bit about like after the fact, like as she has mentioned things to us and like joked about it to us, like she just it wasn't awesome was what she said. And like, I, I wouldn't know what caused that. It could be a mix of things. Like I think Rachel's one of the most entertaining, funny and lovely people I've ever met. So I I would be like hard pressed to think that it's because of like her not wanting to do things like that would shock me just because like Rachel is so awesome. Like she's so comfortable in front of a camera. Like she's so comfortable, like just being herself, which is like half the battle of going on that show is like just being comfortable in your own skin because you're going to be watched the whole time. Like, and I don't want to speculate that it, it was all the producer's faults either, but like, I don't know who produces the show every year. I don't know. Like I know my producers, Harry and Joe have been producing the show since season one. So they were fantastic. Like they had told me that, like, like they produced for Shuby in season one, like the two of them. And like, I like, that was helpful for me because I think they knew when I was like, I'm not going to do something like they're like, okay, like you don't have to. Whereas maybe if there was a, a, a younger producer, somebody who might've been new to the show and Rachel wasn't comfortable doing something, you need to be positive in that uh, as a producer in that, in that scenario. Like I oh, remember right. I, I had like the day I get eliminated, I had a rough one. Cause I, I woke up that day knowing that if there was an elimination, I was probably going to go home. Like I, cause there were just so many feathers ruffled from me at that point that like, if I, like if I survived that elimination, I, that I would have been like, they, they are writing me into this final because there's no reason why people would want to keep me around now. And like, I just had a tough day and my producers were like, listen, like we know, like we know you're upset. Like, and we know you're tired. Like we're not going to make you do anything you don't want to do. But I think like in Rachel's case, 
she was, she came into the game late. She didn't get a lot of like opportunity to show people who she was because she came in later than day one. And I think that's why they were like pressuring her to do more. If I had to guess again, I don't know if that's true. Um, But yeah, experiences differ from person to person. it, It is contingent on a lot of things like, like your mental health going into it. Have you lived on your own before? Which I have done like that helped because like lonely days living on your own are only are, are only made to be weirder when there's 12 cameras around. Like, you know what I mean? It's like the loneliness yeah. is amplified by, uh, well, I have to do something. I can't just go to bed. Like it's, you know, it's just, it's crazy, but yeah, it's, it's a person to person situation. Um, it, I, I still to this day, like even if people have had bad experiences on the show, I will always say that the welfare team on that show, like Beth, uh, Laura, everybody who's involved in like doing like the welfare of the players that go on this show care a lot. Like they do like make sure you're okay. Like they will come to your room and be like, do you need to talk? Like, do you want to get fresh air? Like things like that. And like that went a, like a mile and like the floor producers, uh, there were three. And one of them, uh, I'm rambling. I'm so sorry if this is super long. Uh, But one of them uh, is, was there was Femi, Jazzy, and one, I can't even think of the third, third girl's name. doesn't matter. Um, But Femi and Jazzy, like Jazzy was cool because it was my first day on the show. I filmed, they were like, do you want to get fresh air? I'm like, sure. So the floor producer has to go with you. And I'm with this, this woman, her name is Jazzy. And we're just talking, chit chatting. And she's like, yeah, you know, I always wanted to be in TV and do film. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Did you go to college for that? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, where'd you go to college? She's like, it's a small school. You probably don't know it. It's Quinnipiac University. And I was like, no, I went to Quinnipiac University. So like, <laughs> like and, and she graduated when, what would have been my freshman year of college. Never, like, never met her. Like, we never crossed paths on, like, LinkedIn, anything. And wow. just took us doing this crazy experience that, like, now we're just connected from, you know, not only doing a TV show, but like we graduated from the same college together. It's so bizarre. That is so weird. That's such a small world. So I have another question. You mentioned like you can't just go to sleep. So are you guys allowed to nap? Like I know that ideally everything should be entertaining. So I'm sure that they would much prefer you to be cooking or doing something filmable. But like, could you guys just take a five hour nap? Oh, I mean, definitely not five hours. Um, I, in my, I, in my experience, I don't know because I never nap. Like I, it's just like not a thing I do. Um, so I never even thought about doing it. I, I would actually relish to ask somebody else from my season if they got to nap ever during filming, just because like you never know when like an alerts can hit the screen and the producers don't seem to know either. Like it seems like so much is going on on the back end just to make sure like when it happens, it happens smoothly that they don't know like exactly what time things are going to happen. So you just like kind of wing it. And it's so interesting too. Like as you describe that speaker going back for a second, it reminds me of Oz. Like I would feel like I literally have Oz in my apartment, just the all seeing eye watching me. And yeah. does that ever like trip you out a little, you know, like, Sometimes I talk to myself, sometimes I sing to myself. Like, I can't even imagine if I didn't have the ability to like smoke weed for three weeks, like what my personality would be like, just because I'm so much more hyper. You know what I mean? Yeah, so no. like, 
I think I do think about that a lot. Like what my, like kind of what my day-to-day looked like from the outside looking in, but I always like describe it as like, you're like, it's almost more like 2001 wizard of Oz. Like Oz is a perfect example of it, but I always talk about it. Like it's Hal from like 2001, a space odyssey where like, there's just a camera and you're looking at a camera and, but you're talking to a person. So like somebody's talking to you, but you only see like this thing, like it's just there. So you're like, Oh man, uh, I don't even know how to go about talking to you because this just feels weird to me. And they watch everything that you do. So like, Everything that's going on, like they are right there, just seeing it happen in real time. So, uh, yeah, it is a weird, like a really, really weird experience, but it, you get used to it after a while. Like I started to get so comfortable with it and other people might not, but like I did. It almost sets you up for the ability to just like have your own reality show. Like you feel like a little bit like Michael Scott, like, okay, now I can just have a camera on me all the time. I don't care. Well, yeah, like I actually started, so I would do this thing where like I would accidentally look into a camera when I was saying something and they're like, we can't use that if you look into the cameras. So like, cause they want it to be like, so real, uh, like feel like reality. So like, I just stopped. So anytime I start, I took that and used it to my advantage. Anytime they were like asking me to think about what I was going to say, I would just look for any of the cameras in the room that were looking at me. And I would look right at it when I was just like, okay, I don't know exactly what I'm going to say. I don't want to say anything stupid and I don't want anybody to catch what I say being stupid on any camera. So like, I would just like look at one camera and start formulating my thoughts. My producer would be like, stop doing that. Like you can't, why are you doing that? And I'm like, cause I want to make sure whatever I say is like actually a formulated thought and not like half baked. You know what I mean? That would be what I would sound like. It would be like half baked. Like my compilation at the end would be like me saying the most strange things. I can already see that for myself that that would unfold. Um, what about your laundry? Like a niche question. What did you guys do about clothes? You bring a bunch, but they do, they will do your laundry for you. Like they, they have like a laundry service. So like, you're like, Hey, I just need somebody to come do my laundry. You put it all in a basket. They take it, they wash it, dry it, fold it, bring it back. I had a weird one happen though, because like when my laundry came back, a few of my clothes were missing the first time they did it. And then I got a pair of socks that were definitely not mine. <laughs> and like, they were like, just very clearly like a pair of women's socks. Like they were super small. They had like a design on them. And in my head, I'm like, I mean, this doesn't give me much information, but it, it allows me to know that there's at least a girl in the game. Like, I know that there's a girl here, but like, I didn't tell anybody because I was like, if I don't know if like, if I, say I got somebody else's socks. Like they'll be like, you have to leave the game. So like, I just hid them in my bag and like left it because I didn't want to get in trouble. (laughs) And then I, and they were like, uh, I was like, Oh, and also like a few of my clothes are missing. They were like, Oh, we'll just go. They're probably just like at the service still and we'll go get them. So there's a chance that somebody also got my clothes and like, I have no idea. Literally someone's probably sitting there with your boxers or something like, what the fuck? Like there's a guy here, you know, like there was like a very, There was a very specific pair of shorts that like I was missing. And I remember just thinking if somebody has these shorts, there is no, like, like there, nobody, no dude in the game that was there at that point would have those shorts because like they're a men's size medium and like they're short, like they're very short shorts. And I was like, brew is too tall. And <laughs> like, and Frank's just like a bigger dude. So, and there, we were the only guys in the game at this point. And all I could think was, 
if somebody has those shorts, they know somebody is in this game that is not who they say they are because it couldn't be anybody else. So I was like bugging out about it. Watching the series back, I was, I've been watching it like prepping for our episode and I literally couldn't get over Parker playing Paul and like how egregiously noticeable it was that like she was a girl. And like, I feel like seeing the socks even would like have my mind going like a million miles a minute. Like if that was early in the game, I'd be like, oh, this is fucking Paul. Like this is just confirming the fact that he is a catfish. Yeah, like that whole day, like the Parker was gone by the end of the first day. Like, yeah, well, the end, well, no, it was the beginning of the second day because it went into the wow. Next day. Um, but that's how like the filming kind of works. But yeah, like we knew Paul wasn't Paul. Like we didn't know if he was a girl or not. We just knew it was definitely not him. Paul. And then Paul and I had a conversation where like Paul said, "Oh, I have two daughters," and I was like that's that's it and one of them is is here because like every decision she made was just like oh she reverted back on a different thing like she said like she never missed a day of work yes yeah like, she had never she had never had a sick day but like she's taken a nude and like or like, she, yes. like she's never taken a nude but like she had she had skipped work before it was like so many things like didn't add up and i remember being like well you're it was the home. cake for me. Like, as soon as she baked that cake, like, she, I already, you know, I was already like, they can tell because she's like, no, I've never missed work, but yes, I send nudes. And no, I don't know what the word, she knew what, like, biography was. Memoir. Or yeah, she knew memoir. memoirs. She didn't know memoirs. I remember, like, <laughs> I, I do remember watching it back and being like, they were, they cut out a lot of stuff from her, like that, her going home, like that, like those two episodes, because like, we must've all known because there were so many times I was like, I just said out loud while I was like, Paul is not Paul. Like Paul's a, Paul's a catfish. Like I said, it, it was the first thing I said when I saw his profile and that made it into the show. But I remember being like, I like, that's, that's fine. Because like, for me, it was more about the numbers anyway. Like Paul wasn't a number for me because it was somebody at that point. I didn't know if it was a girl or not just a person playing a dad. And that would have ruined my alliance. If I was like, all right, I'll try to play the parent angle with Paul because then it's like, Oh, I only get this one person. Whereas I could try to pretend to like buddy up with all the girls. And then I have like four or five girls in my corner. And like that, that's just kind of how the strategy has to work. Like you have to make hard decisions. I feel like it's such a thing playing like Mama Carol or Auntie Jen, just rallying the troops of girls like under your wing. Like that is such a great tactic looking at it from like a viewer's perspective. Yeah, that was like my first group chat I had like the first day when I could pick like who I was talking to. I was like, I want to group chat with all the girls. That's it. That's all I wanted. And it worked for the most part. Um, but it, yeah, it's just like it's hard to maintain that. Because after a while, like like I said, you just don't know what's going on in other rooms and other people's heads. And, like, it's just it, – it, you can't control a lot of it, you know? Plus, when a guy tries too hard to embody that maternal, like, persona as another woman, like, you can tell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the more you do, like, the more you can expose yourself. So it's almost like you have to have a healthy relationship between, like, playing the role and, like, trying to get everyone – 
on your side, like woman to woman, and like also just like not giving yourself away. Yeah, exactly. So where do you guys go once you're eliminated? Is it just back to the apartment? Do they send you to like a Motel 6? Like what happens? So you, st- so I got eliminated late at night. So I slept that night in my circle apartment. And then that next day you go into like, you ha- you were in, leading up to the show that week before you're in what's called a hiding apartment. So like an apartment that's just in Manchester somewhere that like you're there with a chaperone and you live together until you go in and out of the show. And then when I, uh, like when I got out that you just stay there until the finale happens and then you come home. So I was, I've been wondering this, like when I watched the show, I kept saying like, this is either Chicago or UK. Like, so it was in England then, correct? Yeah. It's in Manchester. We filmed the whole thing in Manchester. And when they, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't really get to explore. Like you just go to Manchester and come home. Like you don't see anything. How do you, I have two questions, so don't let me forget. First of all, how do you guys get there? Like, because obviously they have like, you know, 10, 12 people coming, but they don't want you guys to see each other. So is it on separate flights? Like, do they coordinate that for you? Uh, they coordinate all the travel. So I can only assume that they just make sure that you're never gonna like be seen like the entire time that you're there. Like, she, like you just have to make sure that it like, like we never cross paths. So I can only assume that that's exactly what they do. How funny would it be if like you go to the like end where you meet everybody and you're like, she was literally on my plane. Like that's so fucking weird. That would be such a like head spin. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure like that's the thing that the one thing they do have is that if you like put people on the same flight, there's a chance like they could see them and never like, there's a chance I could have been on the same flight as anybody. I just wouldn't remember them. Like, unless they were super distinct. Like, if I was on the same flight as Brew, I knew who Brew was before the show. So, like, if I, if I saw him, I'd be like, oh, my God, you're Brew on the radio. And then, like, when... Or when spoiler we alert, there. Lissa, maybe. Like, I feel like she would have stuck out to you. Like, because you guys are dating now. Like, I feel like her face may have, like, clicked. Maybe. I Like, I really don't know. Because, like, you're on a plane to England. So, it's, like, a large plane with a True. bunch of people. So, like... You never know, who you're, and you're exhausted because it's traveling. Like, you're not thinking, like, you're going on, like, the matchmaker airplane right now. So, like, you never know what you're going to notice. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could have hypothetically been on the plane with everybody and just never even seen them. And that's the difference between a guy's perspective and a girl's because you get on the plane as a girl and you are the main character. Everybody is looking at you. Everybody is an option. Like, you have, like, romantic tension with every person who looks at you and you just, like, stare at everyone. Like that's the experience of being a girl and getting on a plane. Like you just want to like people watch. And like I said, you feel like the main character. Yeah, no, <laughs> I've never gone through that exact experience whatsoever. I've, I've, I've just been like, get me on the plane and let me get to wherever I'm going. And that's all I want. Were you guys allowed to drink alcohol while you were there? Like, Sort of like it's none of it is like it. Like if we got it, it was usually champagne, but like the champagne was like sometimes actually champagne, sometimes sparkling cider. <laughs> like it just depends because like they can't really have you get too hammered because so much right. of it is you like talking and like being having to be coherent. Like, yeah, coherent. So like that, not really like we're never really drinking all that. 
And as far as the outside of the apartment, so it's somewhere in Manchester, they show it to us and it looks seemingly normal. But as you've mentioned, it's almost like a casino, like where you're desensitized as far as time goes. So did they board up your windows or what do they do so that you don't know the time? Um, it, they're, they're like, they're sort of like screens that are grayed out. So like, they don't, it doesn't really, um, they don't block off like you from seeing the outside. What they do is like, I don't know if it's like some sort of the technology of these things that they have built into them, but you can't see like the color of the sky really. Like it's just like, it's dim. So like it all kind of just feeds the same color and that's, that's it. And like, they uh, they adjust the lighting in the room, like, as it happens. And that's what makes it, like, feel like it's always daytime. Are there consequences that they tell you guys of when you go in the house? Like, or when you go in your apartment for, like, if you break a rule? Like, are there rules? Like, don't leave your apartment and try to go up to a different floor. Or you can't oh, swear yeah, in the I chats. Know. Oh, you could do, you could say whatever you want. It's Netflix. Like, they don't, they're not worried about that. But you, if you like just literally take a step out of your door without somebody else, like, like a floor producer taking you out of there, you will not, like, you're, you're eliminated. Like you're done. They, they will take you out of the entire show. Like, like why would you do that? Because, and how like, do you if, think they'd write it in? Like, would they just be like, this guy fucking left or what? They probably like just would try their best to never allow you to be in the show whatsoever. Like, if they can control that enough, but uh, they, they, they tell you right away. Like if you leave your room and it's not by like the accord of somebody else, like they, like you won't be allowed back. Like you're done. Wow. I was wondering about that. So I'm glad that we addressed that. What about chats? Like, are you guys just open chat all day and only the big chats are shown or do they keep you guys pretty socially disconnected? So every day starts with a circle chat and then, from there, your producer asks, who do you want to talk to today? So you give them a, a list of three. So number one is like, I want to talk to this one the most. So the second one is like, if I can't get number one, I want number two. And number three is like the last ditch option of the day. Um, day one, the first person I wanted to talk to, like the first thing, like I said, was a girl's chat. Put it together. Done. Um, then day two, after Frank and I became influencers, this was frustrating. I every day asked to speak to Frank and they never let me speak one-on-one -on -one to Frank. And I was so like butthurt about it. And then after like the show, I asked Frank, I was like, Hey, did you ever ask to speak to me? Like, you could be honest. If you say no, it's fine. Like I'm just trying to make heads or tails. He was like, no, did you ever, he was like, I asked to speak to you like every day. Why? And I was like, I asked to speak to you like every day. I think they knew once we were both influencers that like if we both just kept DMing each other, we would have run the game like the whole time. Like we would have, we would have run the game all day. And uh, like, that's the type of stuff like the producers can manipulate, but we do talk a ton throughout the day. Like you're, you usually get a circle chat, whatever the alert is, like whatever that game is for the day. And then you end it with, like maybe one or two more conversations, but those are more than likely going to be like one-on-one. -on -one. So like I used to talk to brew all the time and there's like time where, you know, like on like a lot of downtime where they, like you just want human interaction. Like you could 
we just like ask if like, hey, would Brew want to talk right now? And like, we didn't really do that much because like, when you get the downtime, you want the downtime. Like, you don't want to really be even like, even if the conversation is never meant to make it to the show, like, we just want to be doing nothing. Did what could you guys do for downtime? I know a lot of people are wondering. Like, I'm sure you can't bring phones, but like, can you bring books from home? Or can you bring something? Yeah, you can't bring phones, anything technologically based. You can bring books and you have to give them to the archive department and they'll like tape them up so you can't see what books you're reading. So I brought a book. I didn't read it. Um, and then <laughs> I, yeah, no, I didn't even touch it. And I brought my guitar and those were like my two things that I brought. And then they give you some stuff. Like for me, they gave me like a marble maze game and a slinky. But, like, Brew got a mini basketball hoop, and I really wish I got one of those. Like, there, there's just, like, different like different little things that they'll give you, but there's not much because you really are filming a lot of the time. What about the music? Like, when we see you guys have a dance party, are you guys hearing anything, or do they just tell you, like, dance to, like, fast music? No, there's there's music. They can pump music into the apartments. Okay. So, like, they'll play the music out loud, but, um, like, the alerts don't actually make a sound. But the music does. And do they have to tell, like, the alert thing blew my mind. Like, like I already saw your TikTok, and I was so sad to hear that the alert sounds not real, just because everybody's so fucking convincing with their expression when it's, like, you know, supposedly surprising you guys. Um, do the producers just say to you, like, look surprised? Or do they ever just, they, like, leave it on the screen to see? My producers would just say... Like something might happen soon. And then like you, like sometimes your head's just like down doing something. And they're like, look up. And like, you look up and the screen says alert. And you gotta be like, Oh, alert. Like, you know, you just kind of like <laughs> fake it. But um, yeah, like after a while, if you really pay attention, I know you said you're rewatching our season right now, but if you pay attention to like my episodes again, like after like the third episode, anytime there's an alert, you're probably not going to see me on screen because like, I was so bad at faking the alerts. Like I was like, like, the first couple of days, like, you're really into it. So you're like, alert, oh, my God. And then, like, by, like, day three, I was like, alert. Like, and I love, like, I love the show. Like, I love being on the show. That was, like, the one thing I could not fake at all. Like, I, I couldn't, I didn't really fake anything. But that thing especially, like, it just, like, I can't act like that for some reason. Were you disappointed? So you, you're, you're watching the show, then you go on. Were you of the impression that the chats were voice activated and the alert sound was real as well before you got there? Or did you already have the basic sense, like, this is probably faked? Yeah, I had no idea the alerts didn't make a sound. I didn't know that before getting there. Um, the, the actual, like, platform, like, the circle itself, I kind of figured that there was no way that was, like, actual talk-to-text and, like, AI-generated, because if that's the case, then, like, we should all have the circle in our given everyday lives. Because that would, like that should just be on our television at all times because that would be the easiest communication method of all time. Like you say whatever you want all the time and it just starts writing a message. Did you watch Kimmy, the movie Kimmy? Because it reminded me of that. It, is that you mean like the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt like that one or no I've never seen the movie no Kimmy. um okay my bad it's with Zoe Kravitz but it's called Kimmy and there's literally like a thing just like Siri just like the circle pretty much but you're just like Zelda lights on and it just, she just like does everything for you and yeah when I saw the circles technology I was like what the fuck are we missing out on as just regular 
Americans. Yeah, that threw me for a loop because I was like hoping that that could be real, but no chance. So what was the hangout room like? Did you, and like my apologies if I don't remember, because I don't know if you went in there, if you got a chance to see it, but did you get to go in the hangout room? And if so, like, where was it? What What do you mean by the hangout room? Do you mean like the, uh, like when we're influencers and we do like the influencer chat? Or- yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, if that's what it's called, I just don't remember. Um, yeah, I was in it the first episode. So... That was okay. crazy. I got up there, and it was Frank and I making a decision of who to eliminate. And I remember just being there, and, like, it took so long. I had to pee so bad. And, like, I was trying to take <laughs> in, like, the entire situation. But I was like, guys, I really have to use it. And they're like, you can't leave. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like, I was, like, so pissed off. But uh, they were... It was it was bizarre because it's like on TV they make it look like this really small room, but it's just like another full sized apartment building that they just make it seem like is really tiny. But it was pretty cool. It literally looks like a closet. You're so right. Yeah. Like they make it look so intimate and small. It's almost like watching it. How do you guys not hear each other? Like it looks like it's like that. I I would almost guarantee you that we're not actually like this like sandwiched like that like tv to tv because if we were that would be so stupid like i have to imagine one is on one floor and one is on a completely different floor because we're only talking to each other over the tv oh that's another like tv magic thing that i would have loved to just not know you know what i mean like i'm glad i know obviously because i want the tea and i like to know like what goes into the production but that makes so much more sense obviously you guys aren't going to be in the same room like then you would hear the voice somehow or there's just a risk of someone having to pee like you and seeing someone else yeah and like you're not when you're speaking like you're not just talking over the circle like platform that might be the only parts that make it into the show but like you're talking to your producer like your producer's talking to you like there's no chance that they would risk any of that possibly going wrong true what about the fact that your season's the only one that's had like an actual celebrity on it because you guys had the spice girls on your season like did you guys even meet them or was that like was it like kind of like you guys as contestants didn't even really know the difference because you've never seen them. Well, um, Alyssa actually did get to meet them, but she was the only one. We thought they they might come to like press day or something, but they, they weren't. Uh, they were probably doing something way cooler. Um, <laughs> but they, I mean, that was crazy. I, I don't even know how that got swung, but yeah, th- that's like, I'm not sure why or how or who made that decision uh but i'm glad it happened because i think that's why like that's not that's not why but it's another reason why our season has gone down as being like one of the more well-liked ones of all time it was such a cool plot twist like to just have them on there that's so cool that Alyssa got to meet them that's like such a humble brag the way you said that so nonchalantly i'm so happy for her that's yeah she like they were like Apparently, I, I don't know the story. I'm not going to get it exactly right, so don't quote me. But if I remember correctly, like, they came into her room one time, and they said, like, Mel B said she didn't like Alyssa. And the producers made her leave and, like, do it again because they were like, you cannot lead with that. 
she was like, I just didn't like the way you were playing the game. And Alyssa was like, hold on. <laughs> What's happening here? I think that's exactly how the story goes. Uh, don't quote me on it. Yeah. I'd have to ask her uh, again, but like, I'm almost positive that's what happened. Um, so now I need Alyssa to come on here and tell me about the time that the Spice Girls said that they don't like her. You know what I mean? That's yeah, so funny. Exactly. And I'm not going to quote you. and just kidding. Just like being satirical. But that's so fucking funny. I would be like, can we redo that? I never want anybody to know that the Spice Girls didn't like me. Yeah, and like she didn't even, she didn't even get to make that decision. Like they just said like, we're not going to let that happen. Absolutely not. Good. Um, let's talk a little bit about your standup because I feel like I've asked pretty much every question that I wanted to about the circle. So I want to talk about, you know, where you do stand up, where people can find like links to your stand up and whatever you want to share. Sure. Yeah. So I do stand up in New York city a bunch. Uh, just whenever I can get up, I get up. I have a big show coming up on March 24th. I don't know if that's going to be, this is going to be out before then or not. It doesn't matter. Um, but March 24th, I got a big show in the city at the comic strip. And then any place I could really get up, I like to get up. Uh, I just put out my first special, which is on YouTube. Is that my link in every bio ever, everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and if you just go to like my TikTok and Instagram, like you'll just see the reels. Like they're there all the time. So I'm trying to do it more. I would like to do it a lot more. I'm trying to figure that out as we speak. But I've been doing stand-up now for three years and change. So it's been really cool it's been a great experience and I'm, I'm thankful to be like doing it as a part of my life and i'm just glad that, like the show has given me such a great opportunity to do it um i'm actually planning on coming out with a podcast in the next couple of weeks with my roommate uh chris and i are putting out a podcast called on a related note so look out for that um that'll be coming out in the end of march and we're doing and we're doing that in conjunction with four by three comedy who helped me put out my comedy special and that's kind of like what i'm working on right now Hell yeah. That's so exciting. I can't wait for your podcast. This will definitely be out before your show in New York city. So where do we get tickets? And like, can you give us a ballpark of how much they are like per ticket? Yeah, sure. Take uh, tickets. I believe for this show are $15. Perfect. I think. And I'm where it's at the comic strip live March 24th. Uh, you could go to Eventbrite, look it up, go to the comic strip website. It's there. Uh, or go to MikeMarino.net because he's a headliner on the show. So he's the one who will be putting that link like everywhere. So thank you so much for making time. Now, you already said your handle, but just one more time, like how do people find you on Instagram just in case they want to follow up post-episode? Sure, yeah. Thank, well, thank you so much for having me, first of all. This has been great. Love to always talk about uh, any of the ins and outs of the show and anything I could do to like give some insight. Uh, so thank you so much. And if you're looking for me on Instagram, it's at underscore John Franklin underscore. I'm never going to be the first one. Um, and then if you go to TikTok, it's at John Franklin comedy, YouTube, John Franklin, Facebook, if you're on there, John Franklin. So anywhere you can find a John Franklin, you probably find me.